Why do we pray? What am I supposed to pray about? Why does it feel like my prayers are hitting the ceiling and not going anywhere? I'm Pastor Sam with a fresh take, and as we continue on in our series, What's My Why? Today's topic is prayer. If you haven't already, go ahead and smash that like button. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. We're also available on Spotify and Stitcher. Without any further ado, let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome back. We're so happy to be back with you uh, this week. And you know, I know that it's been kind of inconsistent here lately between work and, you know, hunting season started, but uh, just feeling under the weather, as you probably can tell still in my voice today. Um, It's been hard to kind of do these, but I just wanted to get back and and do this one. Uh, You know, in the first week of our What's My Why series, we talked about what's the reason why we go to church. And this one today is... It's like important, but very hard sometimes to talk about as Christians. I think it's funny though, because like we're talking about prayer and prayer is the battleground of our faith. Like if you read the armor of God, after you get through all the descriptions of the armor, the first thing that the Christian soldier does is drop to his knees and pray. Why? Because the battleground of our faith is one in prayer. But there are so many Christians out there today that do not pray, either because they don't want to, they don't feel like they need to, or because they don't know how to. And I think the last one is really the reason why. You know, and I also believe that it's the reason why we're so timid to pray with other people. We asked three questions in the opening. Why do we pray? What are we supposed to pray about? And why do my prayers feel like they're hitting the ceiling? And I want to answer all three of those questions today in the podcast. But I want us to answer them in a way that is biblical. So we're going to look into the Bible and see what the Bible really has to say about prayer. So let's get started. We're going to start with that first question. Why do I pray? I am constantly reminded that my relationship with Christ is just that. It's a relationship. And the number one need in a relationship to keep it healthy, to keep it vibrant, is communication. If I'm not communicating with God, I'm not going to have a healthy relationship with God. The same way I'm not, if I don't communicate with my wife, the same way if I don't communicate with my kids in a healthy way, I'm not going to have healthy relationships with them. And so you and I have to understand that the reason that we pray is so that you and I can communicate with the Father. Now, this is crazy because we have been given a way for us to communicate with the creator of the universe. David in Psalm 8 says it like this. He says, when I consider thy handiwork, when I consider the works you've done, who am I that you are mindful of me? David, King David, the man after God's own heart, even at times questioned why God would ever be mindful of us. He understood how big, how amazing, how incredible the Father was, and why he would have anything to do with us. It doesn't make sense to him. But yet God chooses not only to have a relationship with us, but he wants to have an active, healthy relationship with us. He wants us to communicate to him as we communicate to him through prayer, and he communicates to us through his word and through his creation. It's so amazing to know that there's a father out there that wants to listen to us. So why do we pray? It's so that you and I can communicate to the father. So what do we communicate to the father about? Well, I think sometimes as Christians, we have to be careful because we can be self-centric in our prayers. 
We can get so involved in ourselves and praying for ourselves that we forget to pray for others. And, and praying for others is our, our number one goal. I mean, there's verses all throughout Scripture about praying for others. James 5.16 tells us to confess our sins before one another and pray for one another. 1 Timothy 2.1 tells us that we, we need to urge for prayers and intercessions and thanksgiving be made for all people. Ephesians 6.18 says praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. So there's, there's so much scripture in the Bible. There's over 350 verses in the Bible on prayer. And you and I have to understand how important prayer is in our lives. It is the battleground of our faith. If we are not praying, then we are going to lose the war that we are fighting. John R. Rice said it like this. He said, all of our failures are prayer failures. Anytime we've had a failure where we have fallen away from God is because we didn't consort with God first. The whole point behind communicating with God is so that we would stop and that we would know what we should be doing. We should stop and wait on the Holy Spirit and all of our actions. And you're like, Sam, that would make the day a whole lot longer. Yeah, but it would make our, our, our lives a whole lot easier if we would just understand how much we actually needed prayer. So what happens when we don't pray? When we don't pray, we are actively inviting darkness into our lives. We're like ringing the dinner bell for evil. And we're inviting it in and we're saying, you know what, God, I can handle this on my own. There's a quote that says, prayerlessness is the pinnacle of pride. When we fail to pray, we essentially say to God, I can handle this on my own. Like I can barely handle to tie my shoes on my own. So I don't know how I'm supposed to handle life on my own. God has given me a way to call on him. God has given me a way to receive his power. God has given me a way to make sure that I follow in his footsteps, that I follow his commands. And it's through prayer. And if I am prayerless, then I am going to be powerless. I have to understand that the reason that I pray is so that I can be close to the Father, communicate with the Father, feel the Father's presence in my life, and take a second to wait on the Holy Spirit. I also can convey my love for the Father to Him. It's like writing a a love letter back to God. It's like telling Him how much He means to me. And that's important in prayer. I mean, in the New Testament, when Jesus is asked how to pray, and He gives us the Lord's Prayer, what's the first line? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Jesus is reminded of how holy, sacred, and amazing the Father is. God knows that. But the thing is, telling somebody that, it, it, it means something. Recognizing who God is when we go into prayer is the number one way to start our prayers. Whether you start with just calling on the different names of the Lord, right? Because there's so many great names that you and I, we, we start our prayers and we're just like, hey God, thanks for a great day. But if we started our prayers acknowledging who God was, if we started our prayers realizing who we actually are communicating with, I think our prayer lives would look a whole lot different and be a whole lot longer. 
Instead of just a 30-second prayer over food, we would be deciding to stay in the presence of God for as much time as we could. Spurgeon said it this way, To pray is to enter the treasure house of God and to gather riches out of an inexhaustible storehouse. That's an amazing quote. To understand that every time that you and I go to God at prayer, it's like going to his throne, bowing our heads, understand who we're talking to, and receiving blessings and protection for our lives. How amazing is that? And oh, by the way, Jesus is at the left hand of the Father doing what for us? He's interceding for us, a type of prayer. Jesus is praying for you. He's interceding. He's your advocate. And he's stepping in. And when the evil one comes to convict and say, oh, look what Sam has done, Jesus is there saying, no, 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 no. I've already interceded for Sam. I've already paid Sam's price. That's amazing to me. And that's how we should look at prayer. When we understand who we're talking to, when we understand the God, who God is, we will have a better mind to pray. We're not just rushing into his presence and rushing out real fast. We're understanding who he is. And so we call on his name first. So what are the names for God? Well, there's a bunch of them, right? I mean, we call him God, but we know him as Elohim, the creator. We know him as El Shaddai, God Almighty. We know him as Adonai, the Lord. We know him as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. We know him as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. We know him as Jehovah Kadesh, the Lord who sanctifies and makes holy. Isn't it amazing? And he has so many more names, but we can go in and every time we call on one of these names, we can call on what it stands for. We can call on the name of the Lord for healing. We can call on the name of the Lord for protection. We can call on the name of the Lord for holiness, for forgiveness, for whatever it is. You and I can do that. And that's the reason why we pray. So you and I can just understand God a little bit more. We can call on these names. We can call him Jehovah Rohi in Psalm 23, the great shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. We have so many amazing names that we can call on the Lord. And that's how we enter into prayer. That's how we start it. We know there's a battle every day. And so if we aren't consistently praying, we are not fighting the battle that we've been called to fight. And if we don't know how to fight that battle, we are going to fail and we are going to be susceptible to the darkness of the evil one. And so you and I have to understand that this is a big deal and we have to know how to pray. And so first we start by calling on the name of the Lord. We start by praising him for who he is, the things that he's done. Pray is a great acronym to remember because it sets up how we should pray. The P stands for praise, and we already talked about that, praising God for who he is through the names of God and, and through what we've seen in our lives, how he's blessed us. But also we have to remember what the R stands for, and that's repent. If there's any sin in our life, that's going to inhibit our prayer life greatly. And, and maybe this is kind of where we insert the, you know, the question that we talked at the beginning of, and that is, um, why does it feel like my prayers are hitting the ceiling? And maybe there's just unconfessed sin in your life. Maybe there's just something there that's been pushed down for so long. It's just like, God, my prayer life just seems non-existent. Like, you're just not answering me. And one of the reasons that we see that is because we haven't had a repentive soul. 
We, we haven't had a repentant soul. And so we have to understand that the second thing that we have to do is repent. So we praise him and we repent of our sins. And the third thing we do is ask, right? But we're not asking for things just for us. Prayer should be an outward focus. It should be for the people around us. We should be able to intercede on other people's behalf. And so we ask for things like protection, and we ask for things like healing, and we ask for things like holiness. But you're like, well, I don't even know what to ask for. Well, the great thing is that there's so many scriptures in the Bible that are filled with prayers for other people. And let's just look at one of my favorites. In Philippians 1, Paul is talking to the church of Philippi, and he starts this letter out by just kind of encouraging them. And then he gets to verses 9 through 11, what we know as 9 through 11, and he says this. This is his prayer for the church, okay? This is his prayer for other people. He says this, And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in the knowledge and in all judgment. He says the first thing he prays about for other people is that not only do they grow in the love of the Lord, but they also grow in the knowledge of the Lord and the knowledge of judgment, knowing right from wrong, knowing sin, and being able to choose God's way versus our way. This is what Paul is praying for this church. Then he goes on and says this, that ye may approve things that are excellent and that ye may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ. That ye may approve things that are excellent. Not only do I now know the knowledge that I've been given by God and I I know right from wrong and what's sin and what's not sin, but I now choose to follow after God. I can know all day long what I'm not supposed to do, but I can continue to not do the things that I'm not supposed to do. And Paul eventually talks about that, right? I mean, we hear him say, like, the things that I'm supposed to do, I don't do them, and the things that I know I'm not supposed to be doing, those are the ones that I do. Oh, what a wretched man am I, right? But the thing is, right here, he's praying for this church that they do what they're supposed to do. And you and I can pray this for our friends, our family, and our loved ones, that they follow after God and do the things that they're supposed to do. This is what we pray for our brothers and sisters in the faith. He also says that we should be sincere. And that is having a confidence in Christ. And and that's the one thing that a consistent prayer life will give us is confidence in Christ. It's confidence in Christ. Robert Murray McChaney said this. He said, if I could hear Jesus praying for me in the next room... I would not fear a thousand enemies, yet the distance makes no difference. He is praying for me. You and I can have confidence in a consistent prayer life knowing that Jesus gives us power to face the enemy. And it's like he's in the next room. He's right beside us praying for us. And that would just give us so much confidence. But what we have to know is like when we pray, the Father, is bes- he's listening to us. He's beside us. He's ready to, to hear us. And he, he's ready to give us the power to face another day, to go with him. And that's what we have to understand. We can have that confidence in Christ if we just pray consistently. We have to ask. We have to be sincere. We have to have confidence in Christ. That's what Paul wanted for the church of Philippi. And that's what God wants for us, is that we can have confidence in him. Knowing this very thing, that he who began a good work in me will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He says, I'm with you. 
I'm with you. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's fight the battle. But it's got to start in our prayer lives. And so we praise God for who he is. We repent of our sin. We ask God for things for other people first. We, there's no problem in asking God for things for ourselves, but we should be praying for others first. So we ask for those things. And then what do we do? We yield. Isn't that funny that like yielding is such a tricky thing? especially for people on the highway, apparently. Like, if you drive around here in Chesterfield, like, you know what I'm talking about. When you get, like, on 288 or these, like, these, like, turnoffs that where people are coming on and people are coming off, and you're just like, hey, you have a yield sign. They don't care. They're just coming. They don't look. They're just right on the road, right? But what does yielding mean? Yielding in a prayer sense means that I'm giving way to God. My way is not the right way. God's way is the right way. So I need to wait and see what God's way is to know what God's way is, and that's what I'm going to give way to. It's not about me anymore. I'm going to yield to the Father. And so you and I need to yield in our lives, in our prayer lives, to understand that God's way is always better than our way. So we, we know how to pray now, right? We, we know why we pray. We know how to pray. And so what do we pray for? Well, here's the thing. Most of the time, you and I, we pray for physical things. I mean, I love listening to kids pray because kids pray about everything, right? Like they're praying about the ant that they stepped on walking in the door to church today. Like, they're praying about everything. And I think God loves that because God even tells us to pray about everything. But, like, he, I, I bet he just loves hearing from kids. Like, I, my son, he's, like, into this age where he starts to, like, talk a lot more. And so I love listening to him talk, right? And, like, to everybody else, they're, like, trying to translate. But, like, I understand it. And I feel like God understands his kids. And God understands us. Like, he understands us. Even when, like, we can't even speak words, like, God understands us. He knows our hearts. He knows our minds. He knows us. And so that's the great thing about God. But he wants us to pray for everything. But what are the things that we pray for most? We pray for physical things. We, we pray for health, you know, bless this person because they're sick, heal them. And we also pray for safety. God give them traveling mercies. That's why if you look at our prayer list at our churches, what is the longest area? It's usually the sick list, right? But you know what the longest area on our prayer list should be? The salvation list. Because we should always be praying for spiritual matters over physical matters. There's nothing wrong with praying for physical matters, but we should be praying for spiritual matters over physical matters. That's what we have to understand. Spiritual matters are so much more important than physical. At the end of our lives, our physical is going to give away, but our spiritual is going to be eternal. And that's why we should be praying more for spiritual than physical. So what are spiritual matters? Spiritual matters are salvation. Praying that God gives us courage to speak the gospel to people, um, knowing the gospel in order to share it, right? But also praying for the growth of Christians, our brothers and sisters, praying that they have opportunities to, to today to share the gospel with somebody else, to, to just uh, insert a little bit of Jesus into somebody else's life, to pray for their uh, prayer life that they be consistent, to pray for their reading life that they be consistent, to pray f- that they would grow in the Lord. I, that was Paul's. That was Paul's biggest um, desire for the church of Philippi that we read in, in verse or chapter one there in Phil, Philippians, is that they desired to grow in the Lord and love. That they desired to grow in knowledge, and that's what you and I can pray every day for people: is that they grow in the love and the knowledge of Christ in order to win the lost. That's the biggest battleground we face. And so why don't we do that today? Why don't we start praying consistently? 
why don't we start calling on the name of the Lord, repenting of our sin, asking God for the spiritual matters, the things that really matter, and then yielding to God's way. And when the Holy Spirit calls on us to follow him, when the Holy Spirit calls on us to to step out and tell people about Christ or to start a conversation, let us not brush the Holy Spirit off. That's my prayer for you today. God, Lord, I thank you for the person listening to this. Lord, I pray right now, God, as we enter your presence, you are the great and mighty God. You are the good shepherd. You are the healer, the protector, the righteous. You're most importantly, the Holy One. And God, I pray today that we would just experience that a little bit more in our lives, that we would look for things in our daily life that shows us you. Lord, we pray for the lost around us, that not only we would have the courage to say something, but that your Holy Spirit would would persuade them, would convince them to listen. God, we love you. We thank you for the ability to even speak to you. And we pray all this in your holy name. Amen. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us on The Fresh Take today as we talked about prayer. We really appreciate you guys just consistently listening and and getting the great feedback that we've gotten. Please take time now to share this with your friends on Facebook, uh, subscribe to our podcast on Apple, um, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, whatever. Just find us out there, share us with your friends. We love hearing feedback from you guys too. So if you're on our Facebook page, please drop a comment, just letting us know that you listen, just letting us know what your favorite part was, whatever that is, and we will see you next time on The Fresh Take.